0: That's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com Welcome to the Gen
2: X show. This is a special one today this really hasn't been a bit, this one's not going to be really about music or uh, uh, movies although it could drift into that uh, you never know. Um, But before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Angelo's CDs and Vinyl. Yes, the sponsor of the Gen X show. Uh, As you know, there is none more perfect than talking about CDs and vinyl when you're talking about a show that has uh, just talked about goth music and uh, Tears for Fears and uh, Smashing Pumpkins. So obviously, when you think of those bands, you think, oh, Vinyl and CDs. Uh, Angelo's is a uh, CDs and vinyl has been in business for thirty-one years in the Denver area. Great selection of new and used vinyl. They still sell CDs. Um, so, like, if you've got, you feel like me, and you still got a CD player in your car, that's a, that's a good thing to go. Uh, I don't know about. I've said this on the last couple uh, ad reads. I don't know if they have tapes. I'm going to have to ask about that. Um, they also have new and used record players, uh, which. Vinyl is a big thing right now. So if you're a vinyl collector, uh, they got new record players for you to use there. They also buy vinyl and CDs. So uh, I sold a ton of CDs back in the 90s uh, because I was a uh, broke teenager. Um, They have a large selection of related items such as posters, tapestries, cutlery, Turkish laps, stickers, t-shirts, and much more. Uh, Two locations, they're on South Broadway in Denver and in Aurora and they are always online at angelocds.com. Mention that you heard it on the Gen X show and you will receive a 10% discount off your purchase. How about that? All right, now time to get started on the show. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Gen X show. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay. I've got a special guest here with me, a guy who has appeared on CSU Podcast. Um, a man who uh, knows uh, that uh, my style here, all the ums and ahs and whatnots and ha- what have yous. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, all the way from England. I believe you are in London. It is uh, my friend, the host of Easy Riders Raging Podcast, which is the best title of any podcast I've ever heard. It is Chris Johnston. Hello, sir.
1: Hello. Yes. Yeah. Calling you from uh, South London.
2: South London. Didn't you used to be in North London? I I'm, 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 i don't know why that sticks in my brain.
1: No, I did. I was in North London for like over a decade. Um wow. And in fact, I've, I've moved twice since in the last like year and a half, I think. So. <laughs> really, um, mm, yeah. during
2: a pandemic too. That's uh, that has to be difficult.
1: Well, the, my neighbours in the last place there was really thin walls, and I was just spending all day indoors, just hearing them, just their whole their whole life. Their their, their babies, <laughs> their music, their TV. Um, one time I heard them making love yeah so I <laughs> they're spending all day indoors I moved somewhere quieter because like so I figured I would still be indoors for a bit longer than um yeah did you
2: move somewhere with a shed
1: no shed actually no there's a, a big garden but no shed
2: oh my god uh,
1: unfortunately because I, I do miss the shed the shed was where we recorded our episodes in North London and um yeah. it's, it's sadly missed
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, I missed uh, on the podcast hearing you talking about the about the shed. It's like you're out there in the very hot shed, um, which, by the way, I uh, it is a hundred degrees here in Denver Fahrenheit. And uh, in the background, you may hear a slight. Whoosh. That is my air conditioner. But if I turn this off, I will die. So, um, <laughs> I, rather than wanting to die, I figured I'd better. We we can all put up with the noise a little bit. Um, so. One of the reasons I ha- I'm having Chris on here is that um, as a person who discovered Easy Writers Raging Podcast during the pandemic, um, I, as all of you probably know, I am, I'm an obsessive thinker and I absorb everything and I remember things, probably things that uh, I wouldn't normally be remembered by your average person, but I did, a couple things stuck out to me, and one of those was we shared a, a common uh, love of the same types of movies and talking about these movies, um, but the second part of this is that uh, old uh, Chris here with uh, some of his co-hosts actually on, uh, on uh, Easy Rider's Raging Podcast uh, took a trip to America about 15, 16 years ago and uh, it fascinated me. And because of what they described in a lot of these different episodes was places that you don't necessarily often hear people from Europe, uh, England, uh, any of those countries uh, visiting. So I, I'm, I'm really fascinated to hear the story and this is why I've had having Mr., uh, Mr. Johnston on here. So Chris, to get us started, kinda like what was your impetus Uh, at the time for your trip was there was there like um, like an I always wanted to go to America thing or was it like this is our post-college trip and we need to do something why not hit the states
1: I mean there's a there's a certain element of both I guess to that I mean uh, I'm sure uh, my my parents could vouch I always wanted to go to America as a as a kid because you know grew up largely with lots of film and tv and a lot of that especially then I would it would be American stuff, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was always this idealized version of the country. You go, oh, I want to go to Hollywood. I want to go to New York. I want to go to Universal Studios and stuff. That All that stuff always seemed very um, exciting to me as a child and stuff. And so um, there, there, it was always somewhere I wanted to go. Um, it's one of the things before I did the trip, uh, one of the things I'll point out is I wasn't very well traveled at all. Right. Um, Basically, the only times I'd been out of the country before going to the U.S., uh, I went on a snowboarding trip with school when I was about 16, and I went on an 1830s holiday when I was 18 to Spain, Mm. which is basically just going to like a British town where everyone's drunk in Spain.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) and so yeah
1: beyond that i hadn't been anywhere outside of the uk yeah um and even the uk i wasn't hugely wildly traveled in i'm still not really you know my family would holiday the south of england where i'm from or wales a couple of times um but beyond that i haven't really seen much of the country Uh, i've been on school trips to london went to a wedding in scotland as a kid but not very well traveled pre this trip and so, it's, especially when I, when I thought about just, just starting the trip, there was a sense of, like, I was at my parents on the Isle of Wight, which is a very sleepy island on the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got a mega bus up to my friends in London, spent the night on his sofa in Shepherd's Bush. And then the next night, I was in New York. <laughs> it was such a, a blur of, like, from the Isle of Wight to to New York in, in, in such a short time. with such a kind of, like, woo. <laughs>
2: That's got to be, I mean, uh, New York is basically, well, uh, I would say London and New York are comparable. So uh, that couldn't have been too much of a cultural jolt to you, could it?
1: I guess the thing with New York is because we did a trip, um, which was, uh, I think we've gone for about 70 odd days, mm-hmm. which which is still a substantial, yeah, it's a big trip. Mm-hmm. But we started and ended in New York and the trip drove, you know, around the country and finished New York. And so there was a certain sense of New York at the start of the trip was a bit of a blur. Like it was kind of, didn't really feel like we were really there because mm-hmm. we had like a couple of days before the start. And at the end of the trip, we were completely exhausted. So it was kind of a, a blur the other way. <laughs> um, and so I have subsequently gone back to New York once and spent a bit more time there to sort of get a bit more of a sense of the place. Right. Um but, but it was like post university, me and to my to my co-hosts on the podcast I do, uh, Paul and Kieran, we did talk a lot about doing an America trip. That was that was kind of like the, the, the at the end of university. There was a feel uh, like like a need to to have something on the horizon, and we're like, oh yeah, we should do the America trip. Um, and at the time, we were talking about maybe hiring a car was something we talked about, mm-hmm. um, or using public transport, which. Mm. The more we looked into, would have been uh, a much different trip, just because so many, so many of your uh, beautiful national parks we just probably couldn't have got to through public right. transport. I think. Right, right. Um, but yeah, we, we we were living in Bristol after university. Um, we booked it just before we all left Bristol because we were only there for like eight months, I think, or something like that. Um, and we committed. We we booked a tour through this company called STA Travel. Um, So the company was Trek America was the company we used, who did a bunch of tours Mm -hmm. across America and Canada and South America and probably more places. Um, But we committed to the biggest tour they had. It was called the Trailblazer. (laughs) Um, And then went back to the other point.
2: Yeah, I, Mm. I, I saw that itinerary. That was massive, massive. That's, I, 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 that's what struck me, you know, we, we were discussing before the podcast, you see, you had sent me that, that, uh, that itinerary, mm-hmm. of, basically of what you had, did. not everything was specific, but it was basic. And I was like, Oh, my God, I mean, as someone who's grown up in, a, in, in, in the United States, um, I already have a concept of how big the United States is. And I, I was like, looking at that thinking, Oh, my God they're going to be completely wiped out by the end of this. Uh, and it sounds like you were.
1: Well, like I say I'm from a tiny Island in the <laughs> UK, which is in itself a relatively tiny Island considering mm-hmm. con- you Kenya know, comparison to most countries. So I have very little sort of um, sort of awareness of how big places are. Like my instinct of everywhere is, yeah, well, you can walk that, which is not true almost all the time, unless it's somewhere in London or, you know walking parts of the isle of wight like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i remember having a conversation years ago where uh my friend's brother was talking about oh somebody was walking across the uk which is one of those things you hear about and i said what can't take more than like a couple of weeks they're like no it's months to walk across the uk i'm like really it's just the uk (laughs) Uh, um (laughs) and so who knows how long it would take to walk across the us i think that would probably take um (laughs) <laughs> A long time. forever you'd still be doing it now
2: I believe the mm. from like Maine to California is somewhere in the neighborhood of three thousand miles above three thousand miles and mm. it's it's just it's just enormous and I like and that's one of the things I got some friends who were are from the north of England and Durham, and they were like oh we're gonna we'll come see you we'll stop in Philadelphia first and then we'll drive out there and I said, okay um Philadelphia is on the east coast of the United States. I live in Denver, which is almost like, not the geographical center, but we're on the, just on the cusp of the west, particularly the city. And I said, you have, just need to look at a map before you before you head this way. And then I'll never forget it. They sent, they I, I got a, like a message like two days later saying like, oh yeah, we had no idea. <laughs> We had no clue. I
1: thought you were going to say your friends were the Proclaimers, and they just did it anyway.
2: Well, yes, they they. Because they, yeah, they, they can walk, walk a thousand miles, and yes. it's no, 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 bother. To be the man, mm. yes, yeah. no, that song was huge in 1992, as I remember. Um, <laughs> they, uh, but you know, so I, I kind of like I'm fast, absolutely fascinated by this trip because, by the way, it's so big. I mean, Americans who backpack Europe do not go that long. It is never that long. There's the, there's, they always talk, we always talk about the American, uh, Americans like getting out of college and wanting to backpack through Europe and then getting accosted in a, uh, uh, a, a German flop house or something like that. But they, 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 just like, but it's always like, oh, I was gone for three weeks. Man, that's, a, I mean, 70 days is a little over two months. How on earth? I mean, that, to just a, just the concept of going through my own country like that is, is alien, not let alone, you know, a, a, a place you really had never been.
1: Well, I mean, I did, it did at some stage, because I was thinking back on the trip, at some stages, it did remind me of uh, Americans I've met when I've been in, um, traveling mainland Europe, because I have sort of interrailed a little and traveled to many cities. And, yeah, there is definitely a a kind of jadedness that I've I've picked up on, not all American travelers, but certainly a number of them, Mm -hmm. because they're seeing so many beautiful places in such a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. And they go to, like, you know, Venice, and you go, yeah, it's good, but it's no Florence, and it's no... um, um, Pisa, you know, you mean there, there, there was definitely something. There, there's a reason why there's a cliche, right?
2: Um,
1: but similarly, <laughs> like I remember thinking with some of the, especially some of the natural wonders of the US, because mm-hmm. yeah, your your national parks are, you know, they're 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 sights to behold. They're yeah. they're mm-hmm. magnificent. But like so I remember like thinking like lakes because we saw so many beautiful lakes, and by the time we got to the the Great Lakes in, um, in near Chicago. We see so many lovely lakes. We're like, yeah, they're good, but it's no Lake Louise or it's no this and that and stuff. You know, we we, we had a touch of the jade to <laughs> us, uh, certainly, because we were spoiled. Because there's so many beautiful places we went to.
2: Right. Now, you guys and you guys did it right. And if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it at your age. Because I think by the time you'd done that, I mean, based on the way you've talked on your podcast, you're probably about five six years younger than me. So you're probably in your early twenties, and you. Probably did it the right way then, because if you're going to do a, a trip like that, you got to you got to do it when you got. And I, I hate putting it this way because it sounds like I'm older than I am, but you know you got to do it when you got the energy to do it. Can Chris Johnston of Two Twenty Twenty One look back on that and think I could do that again?
1: Um, possibly, especially some of the the aspects, because like I said, we we were traveling in this big white van. We had a, a driver. And there was about a dozen or uh, maybe, yeah, probably about a dozen people in the back mm-hmm. who were, I think, all British, apart from there was a Chinese lady. Um, and yes, yeah, so we were basically drive from place to place. And we spent about three quarters of the trip camping, mm. which I guess would probably be the major hardship, I guess, if we look, look back now, other than the fact just going... That lo- I mean, it was tiring then, like you say, and I was a good, 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 good few years younger. But I wouldn't relish the idea of doing that much camping now, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> looking back. Um,
2: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> but, but there is a certain thing to traveling, which isn't 100% science, but there's a certain element of um, uh, when you're too young, you can't afford to do it. And when you're a bit older you might be able to afford to do something, but then you might have more commitments that you can't do. So, so that stuff like me and Kieran, we quit our jobs to do the trip. Mm. Paul told us he quit his job and then revealed mid trip that he was lying about it. And I'm still not sure why he lied to us about it. Cause we wouldn't have cared, but that's another issue. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we, we kind of, I mean, at the time I was working in the cinema mm. Kieran, I think, uh couldn't tell you where Kieran was working. Cause he was in Essex, but like I said, we, we, um, Cut our connections. We didn't didn't take a phone with me on that trip, even though I did have a mobile phone at the time. So it was it was there was, was, was you know, lovely freedom to, in terms of you know we used internet cafes occasionally or pay phones, but largely we it wasn't like now if you're doing it, even if I was doing it now, I would be sort of checking my phone all the time just because we're addicted to to our screens. Right. Um. But not then. Like I said, we were taking we took you know hundreds of pictures, but they weren't digital pictures at the time, so we just had loads of. Of the old fashioned sort of films on us, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. dozens of them. And you're like, well, I hope they came out. I hope they don't get wiped going through like airport security on the other side, whatnot.
2: Right, right, right. Mm. I, I'm. I. It's funny to me because I. I. I think that we're talking about people f- who, I mean, I've always described um, English people and uh, Americans as. Uh, We are the, we are the, the um, saying the loud part, the the quiet part loud, Uh, 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 and that's what Americans are. So everything that you guys are probably thinking, we will go ahead and say, but, uh, but this is kind of one of the reasons I want to have you on here. Once you get to America, how were those did those stereotypes or or preconceptions evolve as you got through the country and and worked your way around?
1: Well, you have the thing, obviously. You're, you're um, especially like you're, you're known for your, like customer service and stuff, and so it's always kind of the kind. Of, there's, there's often a kind of uh, sort of forced smile and stuff in like shops and restaurants, mm-hmm. which is a bit unusual um, from our perspective. <laughs> um, I think I think probably. The time we became most pronounced about how Americans were was when, for a little part of the trip, we tipped into Canada, and so we crossed across the border and then we were able to put it in a bit more perspective and stuff because you go, "Oh, there, I can see how Canadians are like Americans, but they're just a little less <laughs> um you know what i mean i don't which sounds bad, and
2: no that's probably that's very accurate I,
1: <laughs> um. And people would probably say the same. They'd probably say I was like most of my friends, but a little more. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to take criticism myself. Um, I'm loud and obnoxious, and Americans largely are not. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, you know, there's definitely that like um, I can, that's kind of weird. A weird, uh, a weird, weird tone that's hard to put your finger on when you talk to like it's mainly because the, the most of the people we talked to would be generally people working in places. So we, we weren't sort of necessarily interacting with people, you know, um, in that sort of day-to-day way, only in the kind of, All right. Customer service thing, which, and I guess, yeah, and you're probably aware of how American customer services is. It's, it's, yes. they, they pride themselves on good service.
2: Yes. Well, and the service I, is good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tip culture. Which uh is <laughs> which is I mean, I worked at a retail store, uh, uh well say retail store, a grocery store out uh, when I was a teenager. Uh we didn't get tipped, but the emphasis was always on be as polite as you know, the customer's always the right thing, you know, right? They they hammer that into mm-hmm. you and uh i as always assumed especially when i was growing up that that was the same way everywhere but i get some people who come back from england they say no they don't really give a shit if you're there or not <laughs> <laughs> and that's 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 like oh i guess it's not the same because you, you guys don't work for tips out there so it's it is a different scenario
1: i mean yeah there there is some tipping in the country i guess it, it all depends on what job is like like much like it would over there like i like like when i was a, a teenager i used to work in mcdonald's so there's that line that um mr pink has in um, oh, reservoir dogs about people not being tipping not, you know, not tipping mcdonald's workers it always sort of resonated with me because right. no one tipped me working in mcdonald's <laughs> um but but yeah I, I guess our approach to tipping is we don't like to do it, <laughs> it's a blanket rule. We resent having to do it. But sometimes, uh, sometimes either we feel guilted into it. Like sometimes you feel like you have to in you know, a handful of sort of restaurant places. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it is just because you think the service was so good, we do want to reward it. Sometimes there is that. Um, but but it's, it's the, the, the default of it all. is the kind of thing that sort of rubs, I guess Europeans the wrong way. In the uh, like, I remember my friends describing uh, a meal they went for. I think it was when we were in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and they were having an argument with our American driver because they said the service was poor in the place, so they didn't want to tip. And he was like, Well, you have to tip, just tip (laughs) less if you want to make a point that the service was bad. And I'm like, No, no, we we didn't like the food, we're not going to tip. Or in fact, I had an argument with a barmaid in San Francisco (laughs) because we're just in this bar. And I got like a, a bottle of some beer. Um, and it was cheap beer because the food and drink in America, well, at least when I was there, was quite cheap. Mm-hmm. So it was a cheap beer anyway. But I go, oh, a bottle bottle that. She says, $2 or something, whatever it is. I give her the $2. And she's like, You're not going to tip? And I was <laughs> like, You didn't do anything. You just took a, you know, you just used the clip to take the, the, the cap off. Mm-hmm. She's like, You've got to tip every drink. And I was like, I'm not tipping every drink. And maybe I'll give you a tip at the end if. And I was thinking, well, that's a lie because I knew I wouldn't have, because I'm British. Um, <laughs> but she said, you've got to tip every drink. And so then from then on, every time I wanted a drink, I just caught sight of one of my friends going up, going up and I'll oh, get me one while you're up there. Um, but um, yeah, like the tipping is is, is the, the, the thing over there. Yeah, um, yeah, and and working out what, what, what's an acceptable tip is quite a mind game as well. Um,
2: yeah, it's general. And I completely
1: understand why the cult- culture, like as I say, um, the people in the customer service industry over there typically need your tips because their wages aren't high enough. Um, yes. And I, so I get it. I get it. It's just kind of like, like an instinct. Like I remember being in some sort of um, like truck stop diner having breakfast and they like, we, we put our money on the counter next to the receipt. We all put our monies down. And then the, the waitress put the change back but there was the assumption we were all going to leave the change. Right. And I just remember looking at it on the counter and my brain was going, well, that's change. That's yours. That's yours. Take it. My brain was going, no, but that's the tip. That's the point. So they put it there as out courtesy. But I was like, nope, took my tip and left. Um, so I didn't <laughs> leave anything in that place, which um, oh my God. which isn't really done in America. That's that's no. very
0: rude.
2: <laughs> well, I, let, me, let me throw this out there. I mean, the tip culture is... is is partly because uh, there was a standard, there's a standard $2.15 an hour wage than it has been mm-hmm. for years. Um, and they may have raised it, but that that um, wait staff spe- specifically gets, And then uh, a lot of restaurants will do a tip share where they collect all the tips and then they divvy it out to everyone there. But if you're in a higher end restaurant, you collect the tips and then uh, you have to, you know, it it affects your taxes. You got to deduct something on your taxes in order to get, you know, it's it's insane. And uh, one of the reasons that uh, restaurants have been able to get away with that is that they can have cheap, quote unquote, cheap weight labor. And if you are really good, you will make a lot of money in tips and you will stay. And the ones who are shitty Will not because they are not getting tipped mm. and all this stuff. But the, there's a there's a culture change going on in the states right now where people are like, I'm sick of that. I I there's no reason I should be fighting. To tip culture is is to me has always been stupid. It's just an excuse to not pay people. And I think you're seeing a sea change right now because people are like, I don't have to particularly coming out of a pandemic. Why should I? Why should I fight for crumbs? Yeah. For- from people who come in or be really crappy to me, you know, why don't I just give them their food and just have a standard wage, that sort of thing.
1: Well, that's, I guess the, the the good thing to come out of the pandemic is making people question everything, you know, like, do I need to go into the office? No, Mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Many, many things, everything's question, question everything is what I say.
2: Right. And we're really at that point right now, but coming back to your trip, I, I, you know, it's the, the cultural aspect. I, I think people like, I other than the the actual attitudes of people which if you go to different places in the country you will see different. Like if you're in like my city Denver, you will see we are all very chill. I did that is one of the stereotypes of my city is that we're all very chilled out, relaxed. <laughs> we don't I mean, some of it probably has to do with uh, what's legal in the state, but uh there is also just kind of this general we're outdoorsy people. Yeah, man come on in. You know, everyone who's wearing plaid and has, you know, a microbrew and their own strain of weed that they sell, you know, and all that stuff. It's, 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 it's it, it it's is like, like the
1: nineties never ended.
2: It, right. Right. We're all, yeah. Everyone's wearing sh- uh, shorts and has goatees mm. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's working. Yeah, listening to the spice girls right yeah <laughs> so but uh but if you go to different parts of the, the country it's different i mean and you were in california and i bet you experienced all aspects of what makes stereotypical california california uh if you if you made it to la and uh san francisco specifically
1: once i'm just gonna let the cow and then i'll pick you right back up one second all right <clears throat> uh, but the thing I do remember specifically about LA because it was on the midpoint of our trip where we changed drivers and stuff so there was a sort of brief pause point mm-hmm. in there um, we didn't like our second driver as much but that's, that's I'll, I'll, maybe I'll come back to that but um, yeah, yeah. But I remember that there's, there's definitely a feeling we picked up traveling across the country because generally like I said we were tourists so we were going to very pretty places to national parks and stuff um but occasionally you go to places and you go oh that looks a bit uh a bit rougher or you know it has has a bit of an edge to it in places Mm -hmm. and there was sort of picking up a kind of feeling of i feel like there is two americas you know there's money there's not money simply means it's probably more complex than that but that was always the the feeling
0: yeah
1: um but they always felt very separate apart from in la they didn't feel as separate uh, Cause I remember going to like uh, that man's Chinese theater mm-hmm. and she go, oh, that's famous. That's where they do the Oscars and stuff. There's, there's the stars and the, and the handprints and you go, Oh, but there's, a, there's a bunch of sex workers and there's a load of homeless people. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it, it, which, it, which I'm not saying are bad things by any stretch, but I'm, it, they, they contrast mm-hmm. a, a contrasting image is, is what I'm trying to portray. Yeah. It's life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to to be fair, it's something I've seen more and more of in this country for the last few years. You know, more of a divide, more right. of a kind of there there's very much t two Britons as well. Right.
2: Um, well, well you know, know, you, it, it, Yeah, LA is a perfect example of that though. I mean LA is you, you that is a stereotypical example of it because there's mega rich in LA and there's mega poor in LA and definitely it is uh transient population that comes out that goes out there largely because of the weather. So when you have that dynamic coming in, you constantly have people. I mean, LA, uh, the biggest County in the country is the Los Angeles County and it's just enormous. And, and it's just filled with a bunch of people who move in and move out. And it is largely, like I said, because based on the weather, but there is an exacerbating, divide between those who are can like live and make enough money and slash afford to live you know, in like, LA. I mean, I heard London is probably ridiculously high, high cost of living. Uh, and I was <laughs> and always thought associated um, Los Angeles and New York in the same way. These cities where things are just ridiculously expensive, but then you got these enclaves of extreme poor and uh, 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 inequities in that you may, may maybe see in other cities, but maybe not as uh, as open as it is in L.A.
1: I do remember seeing a lot of homeless people in San Francisco as well. There like, was a huge homeless population there. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, uh, the, it, 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 it also felt like a place with a lot of um, uh, sort of cultural kind of money and not money, because again, that's, I get the sense that San Francisco is quite expensive to live in.
2: Yes. A lot of tech up there, a lot of tech companies in the mm. San Fernando Valley. Up, uh, and you're going up to uh, 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 Silicon Valley. And that's says it's right mm. outside of uh, uh, San Francisco and Oakland. I mean, if you really want to know a difference, Oakland, uh, which is right next across the Bay from San Francisco, the general cost of living in Oakland is much lower than San Francisco. It's just like right across the bay. That's all you have to do is go, go over the Golden Gate Bridge and it's like two different worlds.
1: Well, so my, my knowledge of Oakland is that's, I think that's where Green Day from, isn't it? I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's where- And I meet. know that
1: I've just heard that the, the lead singer talk about how you know, he grew up super poor and sort of super working class and stuff. And, and if think well, you were so close to San Francisco, but you go, but he wasn't in San Francisco. No, he, he was wasn't. in Oakland, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well there was also uh that's where the Altamont Speedway is where the Rolling Stones had that uh free concert mm-hmm. that Marty ballon got punched in, and how uh, that guy got murdered right in front of the stage so oh, uh, yeah. that's uh that is exactly where that is is not not to besmirch the people of oakland uh i that I think I think there's there's just a lot of divides right there, but you know it's interesting and i i mean i didn't mean to get us off on a tangent here, but there is a there is just kind of this My, 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 my curiosity about that is based on someone who just doesn't live it every day, because uh, I I was talking to some people about uh, uh, on the podcast called Review 2, and we were talking about the U2's concert at Red Rocks, Live Under a Blood Red Sky, and their impression was Red Rocks was like, you had to hike to it through five feet of snow in the mountains and stuff like that. And I said, no, it's just right outside the city. You can see the skyline right from the top of Red Rocks. And they go, oh my God. So you can like get a perception of something based on the what your visuals and the culture. But once you are faced with the reality of it, does it alter the way you view things about things that are intrinsic to a country as you experience them yourself?
1: Well, because, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole thing was a big sort of learning experience, I guess. And, uh, like I said, what was I, 21, something like that, 21, 22, I forget which. Mm-hmm. And stuff, and you're still, still very young and sort of, you know, tra- traveling sort of broadens the mind, as they say. And so it's a learning experience and sort of experience, experiencing another culture. is that it, You do come with a lot of takeaways, Um I mean, the whole thing really, in a lot of sense, felt like the fourth year of university. Mm-hmm. Um, um, d- 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 that was always my feeling. It's just, I think because I was with friends from university, um, and was living with a lot of people the similar age, right. um, you know, a similar kind of relaxed vibe. Um, but the whole thing was an adventure, like, like I said. Though, there, there, I mean, there were there was danger to the trip as well, which one of those things that i now look back on in terms of uh, something i guess some level of middle age i guess and you go oh it was all a bit risky and stuff um in terms of stuff like um like i remember me and kieran in las vegas we were walking on the strip and these this car was pulling alongside us all these guys and they were trying to trying to make us drink some sketchy looking bottle of beer and they kept like harassing us out of a mm. window you like, mm. What's- it's all a bit because you're like well you don't know who's got guns in america and like it's all a bit. <laughs> we we ducked into a casino and sort of basically ran away um and i do i do remember that feeling about like walking around where like um like on the edge of town or out at night and stuff like i think at one stage I, thought, oh, I think that guy's got a gun on him i think it turned out to be like a cd walkman so it wasn't quite as dangerous <laughs> but then i don't know what cd he was listening to so it could have been horrific um, or even just like like all the animals stuff like we've got n- I mean the only thing that will kill you here is ignorance um, and so you know I remember we'd see signs for like rattlesnakes at truck stops we'd see signs for mountain lions um, there's all this stuff we were always coming across bears when we were in the north um, there was a shark attack somewhere where we'd been like a week before um, we, we, we were probably about two weeks out of New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina hit stuff oh, wow. and it's a bit weird because you're like like i remember looking at this sign for like mountain lions you like you go look at this sign like don't you understand i'm from the isle of wight i can't be killed by a mountain lion that's ridiculous that'd be absurd um because oh, they just things just like death by animal is not something that it's a the process it's not in my um expected behavior you know what i mean it's right um, oh i do remember when we, we were at carlsbad so we saw all the bats fly out of carlsbad cabin at sundown which is very nice mm-hmm. and we we're camping we we're around a campfire and like you saw something move you know oh shit, what was that and then we're like shining the torch in it, it was the biggest spider i've ever seen in my life <laughs> and it, was, it doesn't take a lot granted but it was huge and we were like panicked and stuff and i remember my friend paul took off his like hiking boot and beat it to death Wow. After he was like, what the fuck are we doing? And he's like, well, I've got to kill the spider. Like, yeah, but if you didn't kill it, you would have just pissed it off. And who knows what other spiders, they're like, like get those slimy <laughs> bastards. They're <laughs> spider killers. <laughs> um, I mean, I do remember, because we spent a lot of time in the desert, and I do remember my approach, because you're supposed to check your boots, I think, for spiders, at least somebody mm-hmm. told me that. Mm-hmm. And my approach is I'd pick it up and I would go, Da, 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 jabbing my fingers in it, um, which turns out would be a terrible way to check for spiders. Because yeah. if there is one in there, it's going to bite you definitely. <laughs> that way, that's not how you check for spiders, people. Yeah, yeah um, you shake your boot. Yeah,
2: shake your boot.
1: Shake it gently away from you.
2: Yes, yes, that's uh... um,
1: <laughs> top tip. You know, it's funny. Don't I, I, don't try and attack it like a you know like an angry. Um, <laughs>
2: well, that was funny. That's funny. Uh, Cause I heard you, you told that story on one of the podcasts. I think it was the, the. the-
1: oh, I've got such a small amount of stories. I've used them at, at North-
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because, uh, I never think about the animals thing because I'm in a city and I, 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 I know I don't account it. I'll occasionally, we'll occasionally get black widow spiders where I'm at, but that's it. I mean, I don't, I don't think about it. Um, mm. But uh, we do get, but I, then I re- kind of rethought about it after I heard your uh, anecdote about spiders. And I think, well, we do get coyotes out here. And, uh, but they, are they- bad? Coyotes are, uh, if, if they perceive you as, uh, as invading them, they will attack you. Uh, but they generally run away from you. But that's about it. I, we don't get, I mean, where I'm at in the city now. If you go to the west part of the city, you will occasionally run into mountain lions. Yeah, but um, but even
1: that, they say they say like like mountain because mountain lions avoid places where he, they avoid humans unless they're sort of yes, you know, they generally babies try to. or you know. And so the odds of you coming, especially we're like on national park tracks, you know, the um path, you know, whatever designated pathways and stuff Okay, The chances of us encountering a mountain lion slim. The chances of us encountering one and getting attacked are kind of almost non-existent.
2: Well, right. Unless you're straight from the beaten path. You know, I mean, but it's like, there's risks in anything. I mean, if you guys went up to Yellowstone and went away from where you have a guided trail, your chances of encountering a bear probably increase, you know. Um, I mean, we
1: saw a bunch of bears, definitely. No question.
2: And uh, I I never think about the wildlife out here. I just, it it never occurs to me to to think about it because uh, like as an American, I always think Alaska when I think of bears, you know, and uh, all that stuff. And Alaska is way, 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 way North. So it's like, uh, you don't ever have to encounter it, but uh, it, as someone who's coming from a country where you don't have to deal with wildlife in this to this extent, that's got to be pretty jarring to like see all these beware signs and because like most Americans would go online and say, oh, "Okay, we'll just avoid rattles rattlesnakes," and then but you guys coming from another another country where you never have to encounter it. I mean, I'm sure that had to be jarring.
1: Well, it is he's literally foreign. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> uh, um, but like i said we, we rarely came across any any anything you know like the, the, the big worry i think that the, the the drivers always set the fear of god in us they the thing they said they were really worried about was skunks they're like so if they get the, the they spray on you and stuff you get that getting that off you is a nightmare yeah so they were always terrified maybe it's because we're stuck in a tiny van um they're like skunks are the thing that they were always really worried about um we almost drove into a a deer uh, like a big moose that would have been a bit messy and we remember oh, okay. like slammed on the brakes you know like, oh, that wouldn't be good because i've seen i've seen films where moose go through windows and stuff and then big moose? mother hubbards and they're yes like, they're
2: huge mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know about it if you hit a moose yes yes that's not that's not damage you can buff out that's that's you know no, that's, no. <laughs> uh you know it's funny i it was I've, like it when i got it yeah and, and yeah a, this, there's a moose antler in this car. Well, you know, when the guy when he let me rent it out told me that you know, it was there. Um, anyway, there's a um, kind of this like view vision I have of you guys because you told the story about going to Moab and going to the movie theater and watching uh, I believe it was uh, War of the Worlds and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and encountering the obnoxious Hillbilly in the uh, in the in the audience. I w- I'll say this: Moab is interesting because um, I there it is not far from a town that I used to live in. It's Grand Junction, Colorado, which is about twenty miles from the Utah border in Colorado. Twenty nine miles, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's interesting because you know Utah's uh, that part of it is uh, rural, but Moab is one of the most heavily tourist era areas of uh of utah and your description of that was funny to me because my perception of moab was always a bunch of uh tourist trap shops and uh um you know restaurants that jack the prices up <laughs> because they know there's a bunch of tourists coming um what how did you guys, and i'm trying to picture you guys on this trip how was it you guys end up going to see a movie in moab and that, that's always kind of stuck in my head
1: i mean we it, I think largely it's probably down to the fact we probably probably didn't have that much going on that day, which doesn't sound like the most dramatic answer and stuff. but i mean, as you know, I do a film podcast uh, with my friends, so I did a film degree, so I'm always interested in film even when i'm when I'm abroad i guess mm-hmm. um, um, yeah yeah i i, I really can't recall a lot about how we ended up there. I can vaguely picture the cinema in my mind for some reason. Um, But yeah, I I guess it was probably just like an evening where we didn't have much on, I guess. Mm. Uh, I I mean, probably what it was is probably the campground we were at didn't have a pool. Like we lived for like the pools and the Mm -hmm. campgrounds. Mm -hmm. Like we'd pull in, get your tent up as quickly as possible and leap in the pool unless you're on cooking duty. And then we would just be playing in the pool for hours which sounds sounds, it was the best we play in the pool for hours get out have dinner and then we sit around drinking beers playing cards you know until like two in the morning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was it seems it was the life you know it's just yeah
2: that's funny i i i Mm i you know, if you're on a road trip and you got a lot of things to pack in over a very long distance, I'm sure those downtime's probably were very valuable to you because riding in a car can suck. It just it can really suck.
1: I mean, the second half of the the journey, um, there were longer journeys. I think there was a lot of time where we were, we were making up mm-hmm. hours, and there were some days I remember waking up, you know, waking up at like six or something like that, literally packing up stuff. Driving to about ten in the evening, stuff, a couple of days and stuff, and you're like, that's not fun. Um, just because we had we had some miles to make up at certain points. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even stuff like like I look very fondly back on the um, just the time in the van, really. Yeah. Um, like it, it was it was really the closest I'll ever get to being in a band.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that
1: that, that like that we were on tour, except mm-hmm. the added bonus is it didn't require any musical talent, which was a bonus. Um, <laughs> But like one of my favourite ever films is almost famous. And mm. I, I and I do often think of that that you know, the most iconic moment in that film was about just them in the van singing along to, to Tiny Dancer by Elton John and which which is one of my favourite moments in all, all cinema. It's, right. it's up there, right. you know, it's in the top right. five. Mm-hmm. And and that was that was kind of what it was like. You know, we I don't think we had the Elton John in the car, but we <laughs> would we'd be sat in the van, reading magazines, joking, listening to music and stuff, sleeping. You know, it was, um, yeah, it was, it, even though like I said that's, that's the kind of the um, the necessary evil sort of getting from place to place mm-hmm. but they, they, I still had some fantastic times in that van um, granted we rarely sat at the back of the van and they had less fun than we did because they couldn't hear the music and it was super hot on the back um, I mean occasionally you'd be sat um, a sort of co-pilot and then you'd have to control the cds but um you know yeah i have have great fondness for those those long drives in fact
2: oh well road tripping is great uh i used i used to make mix mix cds and mix tapes specifically for road trips that's how anal i was so we're talking john cusack or slash uh uh, nick hornby in uh, uh high fidelity kind of uh you know levels of mixtapism, and this is for this trip, this is for this trip, oh, I know this person's on here, so we want to hear this, that sort of thing. And me and my friends, they all, we all shared this love of music and it always made any trip we took better because we were all like, um, as the kids would say today, vibing on, the, on this uh, music that we all loved, and uh, just like getting off on, and then that, at one point I had a big sleeve. I don't know. You remember these big? Um, I don't know if you ever had these in England, but these, they used to have these giant, uh, like kind of like notebooks, but they had sleeves of inserts where you could put your CDs in them rather than carrying them in a jewel case. So you. Oh could, yeah, 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 yeah. You could like put them in. At one point, I had two hundred CDs in this thing and we would just look through pages and pages and pages of this and pick out the right CD and all that stuff. Back in the day when, of course, when we had CDs, but um, was part of this this trip like, and you, you kind of mentioned this a little bit when you started talking about a band, but do you think, and I, I, I don't want to sound cliche here, but do you think it was, bonding in a foreign country was it like you know me and my friends we sh- have this shared common experience now that we can talk about is it is it is that something that you come back to when you're thinking about it
1: uh yeah i'd say so i think it was a key 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 key, key trip for all of us i think it's key mm-hmm. um like like i say it was an adventure in the kind of way that that you rarely do or we've rarely done and i guess you know they've, they've done different trips of you know um mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, definitely a key a key bonding moment. Like I say, Kieran and I shared a tent for the best part of a summer. Um and we were we were, yeah, we were constantly in each other's company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a, a, a yeah, very and, and so, like I say, we were very close friends before that. Right. Um we were at university together and then we all lived in the same house in Bristol. We sort of moved across country to Bristol for a brief period. Mm-hmm. Um but perhaps Doing something like the trip is, is why we've remained such such close friends. That's maybe that's a key key factor.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I it just I I don't know why this popped into my head when you mentioned Bristol. I, I just for some reason the image of a chicken popped into my head, and then I'm thinking, ah oh, Monty Python, the uh, vicious chicken of Bristol. Um, <laughs> I I'm so sorry. That's such an American that's thing. That's fine. Do everything everything british the reference
1: is lost to me because i've only really watched the films by monty python to be honest
2: oh that was but that was in the holy grail so
1: uh and i haven't watched them recently (laughs) oh yeah
2: (laughs) Um, yeah yeah uh so uh,
1: and i've got a terrible memory
2: well yeah hey yeah yeah, look i uh this is I. part of this is like i kind of want to get like I know you had like uh, had thought about some anecdotes. Is there any particular highlights of the trip that you want to get? You want to mention because uh, uh, that's a long trip. So you've probably encountered some weird shit. Uh,
1: American hash browns are the best. Oh, they're lovely. They are. <laughs> uh, that's me. I come back to a lot. Like you, you, I I, I haven't come across hash browns, the like of which you get in American diners. Mm-hmm. Um, we just get sort of crappy sort of, um, you know, the frozen sort of reheat oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, American breakfast. I've got a lot of time for American breakfast. Like you would go and you would eat, like your face off. It's um, <laughs> yeah. With you get the the biggest plate in the world, and then they just have a pile of like fifteen pancakes on the side. You go like, isn't that a big breakfast? I don't know. It just <laughs> comes with. I mean, okay. yes. Um,
2: yes, that's that's the diner experience right there.
1: Hmm. Uh, I remember a woman in a uh, in Walmart said to our friend Claire. They said they asked her if she'd ever met uh, Princess Di. <laughs> oh
2: my god! <laughs>
1: uh, she said she said
2: she had. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's the that is a stereotypical American. <laughs> yeah. thing. All British people know each other. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. Like, I,
1: oh. Uh, I like it like I, I remember like I've been outside of Walmart and this woman asked me and my friend, she said, Oh, why aren't you all in church? It's Sunday morning. Oh my god. <laughs> which is which is a question I wasn't used to. We 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 just told her we went earlier. Just yeah. easiest way to do.
2: We, we we hit the early the early service. We mm-hmm. don't don't worry about us.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, we, we did all kinds of stuff, like we did white white uh rafting. We rode horses. Wow! Um, uh, what else? We just do all kinds of we, like we did. We did so much stuff, and we would go to all these national. Like, we we hiked down the Grand Canyon. Mm. Um, you know, we did all those tourist traps basically. Um, <laughs> what else did we do? Mm. Uh, went on June buggies. We I went to Comic Con though. That was very. That was great. Uh,
2: you went to San Diego.
1: Mm, yeah, where we were there, yeah. like um, I remember, like at the campground. could we and we only had a day there, and I just remember reading like the the, the, loof, the free newsletter at the campground. They said, oh, it's, it's Comic Con weekend, and I'm a big sort of film and TV comic geek, and I was like, oh, I've got to go to Comic Con because I was like, wow, well, Kevin Smith could be there. I could see Kevin Smith do one of his Q and As. Right, um, and we just said to like the the guys doing the drive can we? Is this doable? And he's like, oh, hey, can drop me off there. And so we dropped off me, Kieran, Paul, a couple other people at Comic-Con, we just bought a day ticket just just like that. We were able to buy a day ticket. Mm-hmm. Some other people went to Tijuana. Maybe a few people went to the zoo. But it's, it's one of those things you go like, when am I going to get the chance to go to Comic-Con? Because it's such a – it just seems so <laughs> unlikely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had my picture taken with um, somebody from Buffy, and we saw no. Bruce Campbell talk. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, for somebody like I didn't go to comic shop since I was like eleven. You know, so going to Comic Con, you're like, oh wow, that's like Mecca. You know. I mean? Wow. But less praying, so even better.
2: That is a, that's great. Look, I, I I'm I I'm I've got all my friends are into comics, so I I can feel that I'm not as much, but I do love Batman. So uh, I will. I have all the time in the world for Batman. And the way no, the I'm, end-
1: I'm, a, I'm an X-Men person myself. I grew up on uh, Marvel, but I've got mm-hmm. a lot of time for Batman. He's uh, not, he's not Batman.
2: Yeah, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to ask you a question about that. So we'll, like, keep that in your brain. Um,
1: yeah, oh, and- you know, just one of my notes yeah. is that uh, American chocolate isn't very nice.
2: No, it's, it's very cheap.
1: <laughs> it's just, I don't know what it is, but it's, it just doesn't... Like, like when we popped into Canada, we're like, oh, yeah, this is the good shit. You know, something like... Um, and so, yeah, we've stocked up in Canada because their, their chocolate is normal. I, uh, I,
2: I, will tell you, I will tell you exactly why American chocolate is so uh, much worse. It's because uh, I would, as, as with all these things, I blame Henry Ford uh, because the production line uh, made cars cheaper, therefore more accessible to people. And it's the same kind of thing when it comes to food. And, uh, the cheat if you're going to mass produce chocolate to 320 million people, uh, in a country, you gotta make it as cheap as possible. And you, mm,
1: now I get it. Yeah.
2: Now you like Hershey's uh, makes an, a killing off of mass producing cheap chocolate to, to people. But there are places like Gear Deli is good chocolate in the United States. Uh, you know, Russell Stover, um, all that stuff, but that's, that's expensive chocolate and it's not mass produced. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot like, Oh yeah. maybe so
1: you go to like the English Island or like there was a little English shop somewhere and you're like, Oh, you can go and buy a, uh, I don't know crunchy. And you go, well, I'm not going to pay like $10 for a crunchy, <laughs> not even one of our best chocolate bars. Um, and then we'd walk around and go, yeah, but I could really use a crunchy and go back and buy it. Um, <laughs> but, um, what it? Yeah, I tried for them, yeah. Um, like, like a, um, I remember, remember finding it hard to, once we found a curry place in Vegas, but like very hard to get curries as well in America.
2: Uh, yes, because uh, South Asian Yes,
1: Asia- the, we've got lots of, yeah, population. Yeah.
2: It's, the, yeah. it's the South Asian thing. And I, mm. I, there are tons of them actually around here of uh, India, uh, Indian food restaurants and um, you can get a, a curry there, but it's not permeating the, it never permeated the culture like it did in England. That's for sure.
1: Oh yeah. I think last, last time I checked, it was like our national dish was curry. chicken chicken tikka masala. Yeah, yeah. Well, we <laughs> love curries over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh wait, I'm just gonna let the cat end, Then I'm gonna tell you my favorite anecdote from America. Okay. okay. It is rude. Okay, good. <laughs>
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Quick, quick, quick.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave this in. I'm not taking this out.
1: So there was, um, obviously I went with two friends, but there was lots of people we met on the trip. And there was one person, I won't give his name because it doesn't portray him in a favorable light. Oh. But I remember we were, we were up drinking and stuff late like, in the field, this field in the middle of nowhere. And somehow it came up a conversation. He was talking about his flight from UK to New York to, to start the trip. And he told us that on that flight, he masturbated three times <laughs> on that flight. What? Like, what? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah three times.
2: Oh, my God, what the hell? What the- Which
1: I thought was the most absurd thing. Like <laughs> I never just like, you know, what is that? Well, like eight-hour flight or something like that, and you're probably going to be sleeping, probably a big piece. Oh, but I, remember getting told this, like, I remember getting told this story around this campfire, and so instantly my first instinct was, well, I've got to go tell Kieran, who was asleep in our tent. And um, bear in mind, I'm quite a loud person as well, and we're just in the middle of a field, basically. And so I, I actually woke up Kieran. I, sh- I shook him and said, Kieran, ex-masturbate three times on the flight <laughs> to New York. And I'm, there's no question that everyone in that field heard me say that. Probably <laughs> people as far as Colorado heard from wherever yes, we are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's a story that stuck with me. I remember like, because I went back to work at the cinema after the trip and I would, you know, bring out all my good America anecdotes. I remember telling somebody that when. went, well that was you and I was like, No, it wasn't me. Like clearly it's you. Was like, if it was me, why would I be telling you this story? And they go, No, it's you. Um but it wasn't me listeners. it really wasn't. No,
2: no. No, no I, I, I believe you, Chris. And and I my question, my only question to this person would have been why what is it about me that <laughs> that would lead you to assume that this sort of information is something that I require.
1: <laughs> well, no, it, it, was, it was one of those things, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't have just, he wasn't just telling me, he was telling like, the, like a number of us while we sat around playing that's, yeah, that's cards even and, worse. <laughs> well, I think, to be fair, like I think it's the kind of Englishness of it all in God, terms of right. he had a funny thing to say. I mean, it was months, it was like halfway through the trip as far as I can remember, like, if not later. Um, I I guess he was just drunk enough to tell us. I know it was. That is. It was. (laughs) That's
2: so funny. Well, it is a funny anecdote. Well, I'm I'm (laughs) coming. No, it is a funny anecdote. That's it. That's that's there's uh, and uh, if you're in a a situation where that sort of thing, you're around people who are like uh, you're comfortable enough to obviously to say that sort of thing, or you're drunk, um, then obviously that that that's funny. I just my first thought was like, wow, what a random thing to reveal.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we spent so long with, with so many people, I guess, I guess some random things come up, I guess. But it, <laughs> like I say, it stuck with me because it was so random. Um, That's great. <laughs> like, I remember, I remember when we were in, I th- I'm pretty sure we were in your state because it was when we went to the rodeo, you know, I sent you a picture the other day of us at the yeah. rodeo. Yeah. And so we were all a bit drunk. When we came back. I remember we were like in this campground all having a conversation about masturbation a, a different conversation about masturbation and again we were just loud and then this woman came out and she went everyone can hear you this American woman was like everyone can hear you talking about this we're like oh shit you forget that you're in a, a campground that's completely silent and like two in the morning talking about wanking really loudly and again if it again it's like, I, I don't, it, it felt very out of place because we weren't in England. Uh, I guess it was just very.
2: It's, it's, it's hysterical. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, we were going into detail actually as well, which is probably the worst part of it. It was a detailed <laughs> conversation. Uh, <laughs> but,
2: yeah. Oh, that's the only conversations you have when you're, when you're in your early 20s. Yeah. Like something that's <laughs> yeah. just
0: going
2: to come up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: <laughs> Master- I, do,
1: I do remember as well, really specifically, because uh, we, um, we were in the Grand Canyon the day of 7-7, which was like a terrorist attack over here.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, what a neat segue from masturbation to terrorism. But, wow. very Not good. many people can do that, Jeff. Not many people, <laughs> I tell you. But, like, I remember really, really clearly the day, because me and Kieran had taken down the tent, and we were, we were bickering, which is, wasn't uncommon, you know, which, very good friends. but We were just all bickering, because we were sharing the tent. And we were, like, you know, you're doing it wrong, that kind of thing. And then, like, uh, somebody came over crying and then we were like, oh, must be some drama of, of their boyfriend or whatever. And they're like, oh, no, no. They're like, there's been an attack in London. Uh, Waterloo's exploded, which turned out not to be true. Mm. But, you know, I remember, but I remember the whole day really specifically and stuff because then the rest of the day became this kind of panic where we're trying to get to phones and trying to call people, even though I didn't know many people still living in London at the time. mm mm-hmm. Um, I remember that being really specific you know where something really terrible happens back at home and right. we were so far away right. I remember that really and like I say we didn't didn't have phones or didn't really have access to the internet <clears throat> and so it was like weeks later before I even saw the famous image of like the bus with the mm-hmm. roof blown off which was which everywhere over here because um, and I remember at the end of that day I remember we were sort of sat driving remember everyone's really quiet because it was a serious day I'm thinking well, you know puts everything into perspective because earlier that day it was just me and kieran arguing about the tent um but you know then we pulled up to where we were staying and well we argued putting up the tent so and uh, you know sunrise sunset i guess
2: um, <laughs> that's, hmm. yes that's why you know it's weird how that happens because i remember nine eleven. i my mom this is Suddenly turned serious, but I think this is a good anecdote. I uh, I was still living with my mom, and even though I was 23, 24 at the time, and uh, I worked a very late shift, and I would wake up later, and my mom rushed up to my my bedroom and woke me up, and she said a plane ran into uh, the the World Trade Center. I'm like, oh man, it's, and then my the what came out of my mouth was like that. Was it the pilot? And that's the first thing I said. And then she says, no, it's more serious than that. So I go downstairs just in time to see the second plane at the tower. And I was like, oh, shit. But I'm telling you that story to tell you that all I wanted to do after that was go to Burger King. So (laughs) so in this somber, horrible moment for my country, I'm like, I really got to go to Burger King. So I make it out to Burger King and it is dead as you would expect because like shit's going down. And, uh, I ordered like, I don't know, like a croissant or something like that. And I bring it back home and eat it. And then I'm like, Oh man. And then after that I was able to process the rest of the day, but it's a, it's, a, it's weird how like the mundane stuff can kind of like bring you mm. back to, to, to functionality, I guess is the way it is. No. Chris has got a lovely cat. A very, very lovely cat. And I, yeah, so that, that, was, that was my experience with that. But you just reminded me of, of that. I just, I, I couldn't believe you just jogged my memory for something I did 20 years ago on that.
1: Well, when we lived in Bristol, I remember we went to McDonald's straight after watching Super Size Me. So you know,
2: as you do. I remember.
1: Uh, I remember one of our friends went. They went. Oh, I'm never going to eat McDonald's again. And someone went. Oh yeah, I could go for one right now. Touch us all in the car. We were there in minutes. Uh, oh, but one thing. Obviously, I didn't touch on guns, which you yeah. know, obviously they're they're. they're uh, there, there there are a uh, div- divisive topic in America. And yeah. I'm yeah. not just going to go go give, give you a complete, like, Europeans think this about guns. Because you know how Europeans feel about guns. Yes. But um, just more the strangest of it all in the like, I remember literally we flew to New York and, the, you know, you have your security in the airport and see, like, security with the biggest guns. I was going to say the biggest guns I've ever seen. But then I was thinking about it. I don't think I'd ever seen a proper gun gun in real life. Right. Like i would seen right. stuff in like history museums and whatnot, but I couldn't recall another time before that when I'd seen like a gun, like a, yeah, you know, just a gun being carried. Although by nature of the fact there was a terrorist attack in the UK while we were gone, when I got to London, the other side, I did see guns, <laughs> so you know things things changed in such a short, um, such a short time.
2: Well, you know, uh, we we could we could look. You're not going to offend my audience, but I, 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 gun culture is a weird thing in America because most people don't own guns in America. There's 320 million people mm. in this in this country. Most people do not own guns, but there is a very 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 loud subset of American people that do and I think that part is the it's, as with anything in the world the loudest part gets gets the most attention and uh, like the squeaky wheel gets the grease and that is part of it and uh, it is a weird it's a weird thing to try to explain to someone that um, it's like it's like I have never owned a gun my no one in my family has ever owned a gun and we're we're like will never own a gun but the fact that it's like part of the quote on cu- culture is a hard thing to explain because I personally don't participate in it you know <laughs> so it's like it's it's a strange thing to try to try to quantify because as someone who's coming into a country it's like all you see on the movies are people with guns right and are people with guns the allowance of guns cops having guns all that sort of thing and it is hard to take that image and bring it to the United States. And as you were saying, like thinking that everyone has a gun as you were, as you were describing some of these trips, particularly in, in Vegas, which let me tell you something, in Vegas, those were probably just drunk people wanting you to probably, drink, yeah. try, try, try you to drink something it,
1: it, it was probably a bottle of piss is yeah. my guess
2: <laughs> yes that's probably it but it's um, a interesting thing. not that not to get to, to bring it down but i think that you brought up a valuable thing as far as perception goes and i i think i think that part is is very real and i hate i will be honest with you i hate that part of my country so
1: with things like say then there are, there are many things in common with our two countries um like i say, we, it, there's lots of tiny little things which are different and stuff like um for some reason well, what we call a mars bar you'll call a milky way mm-hmm. even though we have a chocolate bar called a milky way which is just something else completely <laughs> so you go well that's different but it's kind of it's just an anecdote different and stuff and you go well um you know the the weather is different like i almost passed out in la because of I thought I can just walk anywhere because I feel like I can just walk anywhere and you it was not LA, Vegas. Yeah, if it wasn't a bus show, I think I would have just died of the heat. Oh my god. But it's stuff like Ugh. like going into a supermarket though, and seeing like guns for sale mm-hmm. and you go my oh, no but that is super foreign. That's kind of
2: right.
1: hard to get you know like chocolate bar weather animals you go I get it. It's it, the, you know but the guns seeing guns for sale in a place where we'd go to buy Food, drinks, whatnot, that feels very foreign to me.
2: Well, oh, right, right. I, I, I completely see that too. And that's, I would have the same reaction. Just because like, just inside
1: supermarkets don't look fundamentally that different. That's the thing, you know, they're, they're variations. Obviously, you've got different this, different that. But you go fundamentally, they're just the same kind of place. But you go apart from this.
2: Yes. Yeah, which is weird because, you know, out here in Denver, I don't see any supermarket that sells guns. Uh, mm. th- there's only specific uh, retailers for that sort of thing, and you have to pass myriads of background checks. It's after that movie theater shooting in Colorado, um, laws were changed uh, for the better, I think.
1: Was that was that the Dark Knight? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Dark
2: Knight that was Rises
1: Dark Knight. or something. Like that. Yeah. yeah,
2: the guy was mm. just like a clown. Yeah, it was. It was. It was one of those things. And I, I but after that happened, it was changed. Uh, you bring up something interesting though. Um, I think it was Oscar Wilde who said, uh, "America and uh, England are two two countries uh, separated by a common common language," <laughs> which mm-hmm. which I've never fully understood because I I understand you completely. I don't have to nothing has to be interpreted to me. But maybe it's because I, I know a loo means a bathroom. But I I, <laughs> I
1: oh that's a nightmare going in places. You go. Uh, can you tell me where the loo is? I mean the toilet. Mean the bathroom. I mean the washroom. I mean the restroom. And you go. Oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to. Where, where can I go take a piss? <laughs> or
2: we go to Europe and they say water closet. It's like what?
1: <laughs> well, also, also American toilets. You have very low water in the bowl, and you have high, high doors for some reason. No,
2: the, the high doors. I've never been able to figure it out. And I think I think the only thing yeah. is like it's to prevent people from stealing, or like I'd, like like, but. Even in places where people wouldn't steal, there's still the high doors. I, I've never understood that. Never understood that.
1: Mm. It's just, it's just, it's just one of those little quotes. You go, that's different.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no privacy here, none.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, high doors, and and there'll be big gaps between the doors as well. Like you could see people shitting. <laughs> <It's> weird. <laughs> <laughs> I kinda, okay, is that is that, what, is that the thing? Okay. Maybe, maybe, whatever yeah, whatever.
2: Maybe people are into scat, who knows. I
1: think. Maybe. <laughs> who am I to judge? <laughs> uh,
2: you know, I, um, I, I I was thinking about you going to Vegas. How much was that a that, because Vegas can be a bit much. So, uh what was your experience like there? Did you I mean because when i when I've been to vegas uh I've never been so drunk in my life as i've as I've been there, so it's like with the caveat that everything you know in Vegas stays in vegas uh what, is there anything that like you can talk about Where about your first was that your yeah it was obviously your first experience there right yeah.
1: Vegas was like a holiday on the trip <laughs> in terms of it was the, in terms of it was just the longest we stayed anywhere outside of um I guess New York, in the sort of bookends of the trip. Because mm-hmm. I remember we, we were at um, uh, Zion National Park. Beautiful National Park. We, we basically arrived there that morning. And I remember we walked up to the top of some, some vista. Mm. Lovely vista. And then, then we had this, like, team meeting where somebody basically said, can we not just go to Vegas now? Because we had, like, two days hiking in Zion. Yeah. And our our driver was quite flexible, you know, more mm-hmm. or less. And he said, "Well, I will put it to a vote. Overwhelmingly, everyone voted. Let's go to Vegas now." And we just left. We just oh, wow. well. <laughs> um, which 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 meant we had a good. I think we were supposed to be in Vegas for like two nights or something like that, and we were there for about five or something like. Oh It was, oh, wow. it, was a, it was we were there for a substantial amount of time. That's a lot of. Vegas. During which, <laughs> mm, during which two pe- two people left the t- left the trip during Vegas bizarrely. um well yeah well one of them was one of them um somebody uh i think he had some family issues at home or something he said i think i'm gonna have to cut the trip short here even though it's Mm -hmm. not even halfway really
0: right
1: another one there was a there's a welsh guy on there who he was a a character and stuff but like i remember last seeing him in a stretched limo and somebody bashed into his leg on the door uh, about his leg as they were getting the door that was the last time I saw him. And the next day I just saw somebody from the group. Went, oh, yeah, he, he left. Go, what do you mean he left? Like, he got on a plane and took off. You go, wow, that's random. Um, um, but yeah, but it, 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 I think it was novel as well because we'd been in the desert for the last however long. And I remember finding it weird because you're like, arriving in the desert, I think we arrived at like Arches first. It's like the first desert type place. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's kind of like an alien world, you know never seen anything like that in uk but i remember getting sick of the desert you come sick of red rock in like five days you go uh, how do i go from never seeing something to being sick of it so quickly
2: because there's so much um, of
0: it
1: <laughs> yeah um so we went to vegas and that was the first time we'd been in like a like a like a motel or something like for mm-hmm. for, for, for a while we've just we'd just been in tents so we were like oh we can we can sleep in a proper bed and stuff so it's all novel mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a weird place, obviously, because it's obviously, like we were there in the middle of the summer, too hot to do anything really in the day. It's a city of night and stuff. She so like, you know, <laughs> um, and yeah, no, no, I remember being on like we were on which there was one there was one of the hotels, and there was all these like rides on the roof. I can't remember
2: which one it was. Oh, uh, New um, York, New York, or was it the, the Stratosphere?
1: it was the stratosphere definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i remember being on we like we're like oh we're going on to the ride on the roof the one that just sort of shoots you up in the air and stuff on like mm-hmm. a, a tower mm-hmm. i remember <laughs> definitely I think, i'm sure it was me point and stuff but like a bunch of us so we should like go up in this lift and you open the door and just like hit by the wind because you're really high up <laughs> <laughs> um and, and we would have been drinking and stuff oh yeah and I like, so, yeah, we're going to so we get strapped on this thing. And you suddenly, when you are waiting, like, it's really, we're really high up. And we're about to be shot up in the air. But I remember there was some little American kid just opposite us. And he was going like, you're going to die. I'm like, what? He's like, you're going to die. And we were like freaked out. we like, what is this? Like the omen or something. I said, he got powers or something like that. Except... Our reaction was more. We started swearing relentlessly at this kid, and then we just got shot up on this ridiculous height um, before going back down and drawing, you know, getting back in our limo. Like that's a normal thing to do. <laughs> um, oh my god! That's um, like it was. I mean, the the the, 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 the nights out here in New Orleans. They 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 were they were wilder, I think, than Vegas oh, in, yeah. in some respects. Yeah. That's a ooh, that's were, a party town.
2: Were you in the French quarter?
1: Uh we were staying on the on the edge of the French. They they really put the fear in us They're like, don't leave the French quarter, you'll die if you leave the French quarter. Which <laughs> probably isn't true. No. Um <laughs> But we will stay we were literally on the edge of it. Um But yeah, yeah, the the like we were there on like a it'd be like a oh, Tuesday evening or something like that. And you go like, this place is party mad, you go, let alone wonder what it's like on the weekend let alone what it's like on um like mardi gras and stuff you know it was it was like a wet tuesday and it was still like <laughs> the biggest party i think i've ever been to uh <laughs>
2: well that's a, it's, that's um, what it is it's it's it, it's a lot of drinking going on and my memory of the mm. french quarter was the smell actually um, oh yeah
1: they played the place it smelled, um i'm gonna say like feces i mean uh, i really liked the place new one is a lovely place yes. but it did smell
2: it, it was not it definitely smelt, and I think it's because there's I so mean, much. I uh, mean, Venice
1: has a little of the same thing, actually. So I guess it's the water.
2: But... Yeah, yeah, probably, probably a little bit of the water, probably a little bit of that fact that everyone drinks too much and pukes maybe. on the street, you know, which is, you know, maybe part of part mm. of the culture. But man, I, that, that's that's my overwhelming memory of the French Quarter.
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I have fond memories of. All parts of the country and stuff, yeah. and yeah, oh, I'm, um, I know Vancouver is. Oh, Vancouver is a beautiful place. Oh uh,
2: yeah, Vancouver, yeah. right, just north of of the Washington. There is a Vancouver, Washington, uh, in the United mm. States, uh, which is confusing for some people. But uh, it's a pretty, it's extremely pretty city. I've always wanted to go there. Uh, all the pictures I've seen are just van- there's a train that goes from uh, Vancouver to uh, um, Seattle and back and uh and then it takes you up into the rocky mountains there and this just just looks stunningly beautiful you know but I'm at, I'm at the age now where i think oh a nice leisurely train ride would be a a, a nice thing to do <laughs> so
1: well that's like you were you were talking over message to me about visiting europe and europe is best seen on the trains yeah a lovely way to do it
2: yeah go through switzerland that way
1: oh uh, yeah yeah especially you're like there's, there's, there's these trains that go up the mountains in switzerland just like these mm.
2: Oh yeah. Magical the kind of the gondolas and the, uh, and the, and those things that mm-hmm. drag you up. Yeah. Those, it, it, there's like a pulley system that pulls, pulls you up on those things. And I, I, I watched a video of uh, Switzerland uh, with my dad a couple, couple weeks back and we were like, yeah, they said like we live in Colorado and we got a little bit of this in the South part of the state, this looking like it, but we have nothing like the Matterhorn, you know, we have nothing like this. I mean, that's just spectacular. And uh, that's, I mean, did you guys make it to Rocky Mountain National Park when you were out here?
1: Not as I recall it.
2: Yeah. I think, I don't you, guys, so. I think you guys, from what I said, like skipped the pretty parts of Colorado and you actually got to the, the shitty parts of Colorado. <laughs> Except, did you guys make it down to uh, Mesa Verde with the uh, Native American um, cliff dwellings?
1: Is that what... If, um, that name rings a bell. but I might be thinking of Better Call Saul. Um, so not, is that where they were there? There was one part where there was a native in Native American, um, was carving a big giant statue. Where was that? Oh,
2: uh, um, I'm not sure where that be. That could be in New Mexico, uh, um, it could have been, yeah.
1: Um, um like you, I said, there you, was, it was a blur of places to be honest.
2: Well, I was like, you guys, uh, I mean. Yeah, it's such an, a massive trip and Canada is great. I mean, but uh, Chicago is one of my favorite cities, cities in the U S and uh, there's only so much you could do there. You know, we went to
1: see, we went to see a, a baseball game. At, um, I guess it's Wrigley field. Yes. Cubs. Hmm. In, um, from from the blues brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got bear in mind, a lot of my, all my perceptions are through film. So we're like, you know, we went to like, um, Ellis Island, you're like, I'm oh, wearing The Godfather Part Two. We <laughs> went to the the, the Devil's Tower, you're like it was Close Encounters.
2: Weekly Fields,
1: you're like, oh, this is where the Blues Brothers give their address to the Nazis.
2: Yes, that's right. And stuff,
1: you know.
2: <laughs> hey, that's good though. I mean, um, it's a, it, it tells you how American culture permeates absolutely everything, whether we mm-hmm. want it to or not. Right? It's just it infects all of the globe. You have it's 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 just part of it whether you are conscious of it or not what you see out there is a lot of like what apparently like this is the way i look at it movies are what we want you to see and that could be a good thing and a bad thing and if you're
1: well that's why to a certain extent the trip is let's go do the movies right let's go be let's go live like we're in a movie right um you know that's that's kind of the the a certain extent you go and on reflection, maybe it's less like a, a film, like more like a dream. In reflection, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, yeah. It's you know, like I said, from a young age, wanted to go to America. It's because it's because it's because of the movies. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You know,
2: <laughs> right? Of course, of course. And, and that, that no one, well, no one will blame anyone for having that perception either, because that's part mm-hmm. of the culture.
1: And I, d- I did a couple of years after the trip. I did do another trip through Trek America. Um, just but I'm not with friends this time, but I, so I did, I did another trip to see a bit more of Canada on that trip. Mm-hmm. So I did like a, I just did like a two week trip in Canada. So it went from New York to New York up to Toronto and Quebec and um, Montreal and then down through Maine. So I did see a bit more of the country than that, than I had seen on the original trip. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like Maine, Maine's a beautiful place.
2: Oh, Maine um, where they do the lobsters. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have lobster in Maine, actually. Yes. Um, I mean, you walk around, you feel like you're in a Stephen King novel. But in spite of that, it's it's a beautiful place. I'm going out on a boat somewhere, and you
2: think you're in Castle Rock. Um, up there, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, especially like you go up the higher you go up through, because we, we, when we went to Canada on the, on this big trip, it was on the uh, west west coast of Canada mainly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we sort of dipped back in the middle of the country. Um, but on this other trip i thought i want to see some of the eastern canada and the thing you have (laughs) the higher up you go the more european it becomes (laughs) to the point where uh like i mean it would have been like montreal because obviously you go to toronto and you have sort of the dual language signs you've got french Mm -hmm. and uh, english and then you just keep going up and then it just becomes french and that is the culture of the country just becomes like the buildings look like they're European, mm-hmm. like everyone's speaking French. Like, if if you know, I could I could see myself you know getting drunk and com- drunk and confused and thinking I was in like Lyon. I don't know. Uh, it's very <laughs> absurd. And Like, I like I remember talking to like a, a guy in Subway. I, I was buying a sandwich in Subway. And this guy selling the sandwich obviously had a French accent. I mean, he probably had a French Canadian accent, but to my ears, French. And he said, oh, he said, oh, um, what, what bread do you want? And I said, oh, the, the, that one. And he went, no, no, that is a bad choice. And I'm like, no one tells you that in Subway. <laughs> and I said, no, no, I want that bread. It was the bread with cheese in it. Um, and then he said, I oh, wish you, and I said, oh, can I have that that cheese with it? And he said, that, that does not go with that meat. I'm like, no one in, no one in England or even in America in a no. Subway would tell you you're getting your order wrong. Because it's kind of like, <laughs> what do you want? They just make it like a like a robot. And this guy was like so French. He was like that is the round cheese. It's,
2: it's not. So it's so. not have it your way. It's have it my way. Yes.
1: Mm. Yeah. He was. He was. He was what they call a sandwich artist. I believe.
2: Right.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. He he took the title very seriously.
2: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You know, mm. it's a, it's just it's good it's good to hear these stories, and we're gonna have to bring the horse into a stall here. Oh my God, that's a very American expression. Um. I, I I could have other American expressions that 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 uh, confuse the crap out of you, like "Lord willing" and "the creek don't rise." That's a that's an American expression.
1: <laughs> uh, Lord willing, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've heard that. Yeah, that's. It's uh,
2: yeah. I I, I don't. I, I there's some that I don't get, um, but they they all emanate from the South. Uh, <laughs> it's, that tends to be it. Did you guys make it through the South at all?
1: Um. I'm trying to think where is it, cause it's weird because it's kind of like the south is kind of like not the whole, it's, it's kind of like southeast, isn't it? It's not just because I went through Texas, which you go, well, that's the south, but you go, that's Texas. Yeah, we, we south, went through. Southwest, yeah. Yeah, we, we went, we, we were in Charleston and South Carolina and.
2: That's the deep south, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, those, those places I remember going to. Um, yeah, probably went to a, a few places, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It's it what there, a lot of the cliches about Americans em, emanate from the South. And I, I, that's one of those interesting things to me. So it's like, if you're, if you're someone coming from, uh, England, how does approaching a, uh, a, a, a place like going into South Carolina, like I said, that's deep South, um, like going into Georgia and stuff like that. Um, my perception of the South is, is is as an American, and it's never good, because you know through history we're taught to perceive things that way. But um, which is interesting because my dad's family is all from Arkansas, and I shouldn't have such a negative perception of the South. But that's a, that's another subject altogether. But you know, going into the South, was that was there anything that struck you about going into these like? deep southern uh towns or was it just kind of like just another stop on your trip
1: yeah i don't really recall much about those places specifically i remember a couple of points in the trip seeing like big anti-abortion billboards when we we're driving that's jeez you know um i mean maybe that's changed now i have no idea I, um probably not i guess probably <laughs> yeah um but like i said they're going to the south in that part not that i recall i remember being in upstate new york just at the end of the trip and somebody basically stole some taxis or stole a taxi off us anyway these taxis are for americans because oh, <laughs> <out, you> know? <laughs> like i say generally we, the people we came across were very friendly we were like, oh. oh that's oh, we, we i say i say uh, i think we swore at him because that's like the only way to respond to anything um, but it's yeah it stood out yes. and you go oh, that's Yes. Well, nice. A, a person like that nice dude, to meet you too.
2: Kicked in the ass, and yes, I, I, oh. I, uh, I, no one should behave like a shithead, um, regardless of your nationality. Um, okay, I got a question for you. Um, I know you're a fan of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um. I got a two-sided question for you. one, one I've always had a feeling that a well done uh, a well done batman movie is since it's dc but it, it it's not a for me it's not d c versus marvel or anything like that it's just superhero character um mm-hmm. a well done batman movie is close as is as close as you can get within a comic book realm to being what is regarded as traditional cinema i e uh, martin scorsese 's uh, rant about it, uh, because of all the the darkness and the flaws, and Marvel tends to be more friendly, I guess other than the Punisher, which is very dark um, obviously you 're a Marvel fan, so you would have a different kind of uh, impression of that what is What is your philosophy on that because I know I, th- I think Batman movies, if they 're well done, just seem to be. I don't, I don't, not, I can't say, I'm not going to say quote unquote better because they're not, but they're more what critics would seem artistically viable for for whatever reason than the the Disney Marvel movies that have come out of late.
1: I guess people always put Batman slightly separate to the whole conversation. Well, they did for a long time because people say, obviously, people talk about the MCU now, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being the big thing, and people go, oh, you've got to remember that you know, before that we had the X-Men films and we had Blade um, and, and then Sam Raimi's Spider-Man film. But then you go, well, you've got to forget, we, we've, we had Batman films for a significantly longer film before that, but right. they kind of get left out of the conversation because they were kind of, yeah, they kind of existed outside of just being comic book films, I guess. Right. They, right. they were just their own kind of stun on mm-hmm. um, hmm. Yeah, was it 89? Uh, the Keaton ones have you know they've been doing yeah. good business you know for for a long long time.
2: 32, 32 um, years now, yeah. I remember when it came out. I I was I saw it opening opening weekend it uh right after that uh excuse me, right before that Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade opened. That was a big summer uh uh for movies. And uh opening up against Uh, Batman was UHF, (laughs) Weird Al Yankovic movie, Um, Mm. but it is, it, I just, for whatever reason, Batman always struck me as one of those things that's like, critics always liked it more because it's like edgy, and it's like, if you do it right, it's like real dark, it's kind of like the Joker movie that came out, which was, you know, with uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least, at least Batman films are their own thing. Like, yeah. Like, I liked the Joker film, but you go, you go, well, it's king of comedy with a mixture of, you know, some taxi driver in to boot, you know, that's mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. king of comedy influence felt so strong. And you go, well, I can see how he's getting away with it because most people haven't seen king of comedy.
2: Well, uh, and De Niro's <laughs> in it too, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially the scene where he sits down with him because yeah, De Niro's playing the, um, the TV personality in the mm-hmm. way that, De Niro idolizes was it uh, Jerry Lewis TV? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's he's not even trying to be subtle with the, the the reference. Yeah,
2: right. And it really is the king. I mean, I'm glad you caught that too because I, I mean, of all people, I knew you would catch that uh, because the the reference to the King comedy of that. And anyway, anyway, not to take this on a on a on a weird tangent. Just, just one
1: final note on that. Go the, ahead. the best sort of version of a film like King of comedy like is um, Ingrid Goes West. I thought was a very good kind of modern take on the same idea of king of comedy
2: i'm trying to think have i seen that movie when did that come out
1: four years ago five years ago i guess
2: okay i'm gonna have to i don't think i've seen it i'm gonna have to check it out um
1: it's got uh i think is it Aubrey plaza as the lead am i wrong on that maybe i am it's Mm. definitely got the Scarlet witch in it oh okay i'm gonna check that out because
2: i i need more movies to watch to be honest with you so um um well chris i have kept you late into the night well it's it's not late in the night, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, owning the time difference. And I appreciate you devoting the time to, to talk about this. No, no problem. Cause uh, uh, it's uh, you and I've been talking about doing a po- another podcast. And I think this was probably the, one of the more interesting subjects that we could mm. come up with. So before we leave, I want, pe- I want you to, pe- to pump your podcast uh, and, uh, get to let people know where to find you and all that stuff and kind of give them a description of what you do on your podcast
1: Uh yeah so easy riders raging podcast is a retro film podcast so we're just finishing our third series at the moment but basically we did the first series covering just 1960s films second series covering just 1970s films and this this third series is on 50s films Yeah, and like i said we're we're, closing that over the next couple of months before we start up something new but yeah if you look at um sort of search us on all just general podcatchers easy riders raging podcast we've covered a huge range of films each each time around bond films horror films disney films looney tunes cartoons uh, musicals westerns you name it we've covered it um Big films, little films, um, and we talk about the film. And then we do a bunch of features, sort of fun features at the end of each episode, um, such as drama, uh, where we recast the film as if it was being made today. Um, yeah, it's, um, lots to enjoy. If you like people talking about old films, which they're possibly on as many podcasts on, then check us out. We've, we've got lots of fun stuff.
2: Uh, it's a great podcast. I enjoy. I discovered it uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, and I have listened to every episode, including <clears throat> episodes of the Spielberg Pod, which was the podcast that you did prior to this, and you still occasionally post on. Um, so- oh yeah, I've
1: got I've got a bunch of episodes that I'm going to release after I finish the fifties run. I've got I've got a pile of Spielberg Pod episodes to um, to, 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 to release in the, um, the 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 third series hiatus of. A-R-R-P.
2: And hmm. uh, Spielberg has a new movie coming out uh, this summer. I guess it's his retelling of West Side Story which yep. I'm not I didn't like West Side Story to begin with so I, <laughs> I may or may not see it. So. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm
1: sure we will do something on West Side Story on the podcast.
2: Right, right. So look, uh, uh, Chris and uh, Kieran and Jake and Paul and I'm leaving out Jeff uh, and yeah,
1: Campbell's been on quite a few episodes Campbell, as well. He's co-host. Uh,
2: uh, uh, Richard, Cam- he's a, a comedian, right?
1: Uh, yeah, he he works in law, but he's also a comedian as well. Yes, he's. I've got a. I don't know if that are Don't if they're still working, but yeah, he's got a comedy group called Late Night Gimp Fight, very funny.
2: Which I have actually seen on on YouTube because I I listened to a mm. listened to a podcast where he talked about that. So. Um, all of these guys are great. Um, and next time I, I guess next time I have you guys on, I'll, I'll have to have all of you guys on and you guys can like regale me with stories or something like that. So, which will be crun. <laughs> but, uh, thank you, Chris, for joining me. Uh, you were fantastic as always. And, uh, E E E R R P podcast on Twitter at E R R P podcast.
1: Yeah i to think about it, but yeah, that's, yes. that's yeah.
2: Erp podcast. Yes. That's, that's the, the way to put it. Mm. <laughs> so
0: find him there, Chris, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.